Hey everybody, and welcome to another week of My Favorite Friendship. I'm Mark Musinski. And I'm Brian Wall. And we are friends. And this is a podcast about friendship, and like, think a true crime podcast, but we're a true friendship podcast, where we take the the coolest, most inspiring stories of friendships that we can find, and we share them with each other in hopes that we can become better friends today. And it's not only a podcast by friends, about friends, it's also a podcast for friends. So we're really thrilled that you are here. And if you're here for the first time, um, welcome. We're always happy to have new friends. And maybe equally, if not most importantly, it's also a podcast that's meant to be shared with friends. So if you have friends, and I bet you do, take a sec and find an episode you think they would love and shoot it over to them. It's the best way for us to share and grow and learn more about friendships and it's a great way for you to become closer with those friends anything else brian Um, no that's that's about it Uh, just uh i guess thanks to uh our listeners out there we got a a bunch of listeners uh these past couple weeks in manhattan new york and in boston so yankees and red sox fans (laughs) Our, well, our I hope I hope one friendship. day I can visit both those places again soon, yeah. as this pandemic hopefully continues to recede. And a bunch of bunch of folks out in Florida, and of course in Illinois as well, and Seattle. Wow, Seattle really came through recently as well. So hi to you guys. So Brian, how was your week in friendship? Anything interesting? I I had a fun weird week in friendship this week because i did a zoom stand-up comedy show with three people that we went to college with and i have not seen these people in some in like 14 years and some in like five years but nobody in like less than that so it's pretty wild to see them interact with them and then also our college promoted the show and so uh (laughs) A lot of people that we went to school with were watching, so it was kind of like a college reunion where only four of us could talk. <laughs> I mean, I bet a lot of people who go to college reunions find out that only four people do all the talking, whether they want it that way or not. So it might not have been that different. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I guess it was weird for me because it was, it was a lot of attention in a slightly different context than I would was used to i guess and yeah and it's people that you're used to being on an equal zoom footing with yeah and and also we're all older and when you get back with these people who you knew from you know over a decade ago you know some of the you worry like are you gonna fall in the same roles what's gonna what's this gonna Mm. be like do they mm-hmm. are they going to treat me like I'm 18 again or are they going to see that I'm Brian at 36, you know? Yeah. There's a there's a phrase that I think is a it's either a comedy or music phrase, but the it was it's hard to headline in your hometown. Yeah. And I I definitely know what you mean and I think it's one of those things where when you first start out, when you're first first starting, the most supportive people are the people who are absolutely closest to you. And then as you get into that middle of whatever you're doing, probably in any career, you start to get actual, you know, people you've worked with, people who are fans specifically of your work, that kind of thing. And then all of a sudden, the people who you're closest with, you know, from childhood, your family and and best friends, 
uh, they still see you as like who you were when you were starting because that's when they were the most essential and, and closest to it. And then at some point, if you do well enough, you can turn the corner again where they're all like, oh yeah, we knew he'd be a star the whole time. Yeah. it's But in that middle <laughs> phase, it's tricky because they all still, they know you from when they were laughing at you 18 years ago. Yeah, and... You know, maybe maybe you never leave the middle phase. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. There's always that possibility. So, the, and it's not just your. It's not just like uh, if you get famous enough. It's uh, it's them too. You know, every friendship thing is like a shared. There's two parts to it. You know, there's certainly parents whose kids have become super successful or super not successful, and they just see them the opposite way, regardless of what the situation is. I mean, the way I dealt with my anxiety was I put it right in the first line. Was I said, like, <laughs> I know we said this is a stand-up show, but I'm using this entire set to prove to you guys that I have grown and matured since college. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I feel like if I put that That's out great. there right away, and I like write it down that I gotta say it, then mm-hmm. I'm going to do it and deal with it emotionally. <laughs> well, and huge plus over a college reunion is you get to do that. And then you also know you can talk for another five minutes or so, however long you had. Yeah. Whereas at a college reunion, you got to you gotta get your lie about how you own like a series of lawn care companies or something. You got to get that out in like sentence one. Oh, everyone's going to walk past you. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. It, and, and also... You know, everybody's at different points in their careers and and lives, and it it was very cool. And there were there was some really, I'd say one of the coolest things that I that I heard was from the host Meredith, who, you know, is kind of like a modern day Miss Maisel. I'd say she found mm-hmm. she found stand up. Uh, was married to a guy who's a pastor. He wasn't so keen on the whole thing, so they got a divorce, and she's still doing stand-up. She's a single mother wow. of three. And yeah, she's hilarious. Just just absolutely awesome, but grew up in quite a conservative way. And now she's kind of exploring this, this new world. And she confessed that when we were in college, she was afraid to ever try to do any comedy because she thought everybody else was so good and you know her roommate was caitlin barlow mm-hmm. and so i asked her i said did it did it kind of put your mind at ease later when caitlin became a sitcom star so then you felt a little <laughs> justified and she yeah. said you know it really did because <laughs> <laughs> like i I, mean, I can totally understand being intimidated by her and, and being like, man, I don't know if I can ever be as funny as this person. And then you realize that person is actually funny and your fears are kind of proven true a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the opposite of what everyone always tells you of like, oh, you know what? It's just all in your head. And you're like, no, that person was great. Yeah, they you were, were actually You were great. right to be like <laughs> impressed by it. Yeah. And I, I don't know. There's it, That was something we all kind of had a laugh about too is in, in certain ways when we are intimidated by some people it turned out they were actually really good like t-day badaki yeah. you know she plays a goddess <laughs> you know like yeah this person it, <laughs> this is real <laughs> and i think the the thing to remember is just like just because they're really great doesn't mean that you're not really great there's not like a uh, scarcity of of talent in the world yeah in fact the more that you try the better the world will be for having even a slight amount more yeah and it just 
I don't know. That that really stuck out to me. I thought that was so cool. And what was funny to me also was all of us thought Meredith was hilarious. You know, all of us mm-hmm. thought she was funny when we were when we were younger too. But you know, it just because of circumstances that we just didn't connect that way at that time. But here we are, yeah. you know, 18 years later doing stand up together. It was very fun. That's great. And then after I did the show, I had a wave of tremendous anxiety. I was just terrified because I realized all these people heard me talk and saw me. And I was like, oh, God, what did I <laughs> what did I say? Yeah. Did I, uh, you know, like I I they were Sadia complained about her academic advisor that like screwed her over. So she ended up n- never graduating from ISU. Oh, man. And so, wow. and I was like, oh, you mean Ebony? <laughs> He's on the Zoom right now. Yeah, it was, it was just like, and then He's I giving realized, you a like, thumbs down emoji. Yeah, it was just so funny to see. And I'm like, oh, man, all of his coworkers <laughs> see this. But like, whatever, you know, it's been 18 years. Everybody's yeah. over it. So I just, I don't know. It was funny to, to yeah. kind of... I, I, it took me a while. I had to chew some gum and go for a walk. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is too much. And it's weird because because on Facebook and uh, on Twitch, you know, they leave the show up so people can go and see it. And mm-hmm. it was, whereas, like, a lot of times with stand-up, it's in the moment. So, you mm-hmm. know, it's there and then it's over. And so you can kind of feel free. And so afterwards, I was terrified and I, like oh god what did i say do i look like a giant asshole and mm-hmm. i'd say not really when i went back and looked at the tape it turned out okay but great <laughs> still well congrats is ugh all of this opening up stuff and seeing people again very soon there's just such a wave coming man i don't know if you saw they're opening yeah. up uh, indoor dining next week at restaurants i did see that yeah yeah so it's coming good thing they're letting food service workers get vaccinated first (laughs) very much very much feeling that man i've been been okay so far since i got my shot and we'll see when uh number two comes in like a couple weeks great how about you did you uh did you get to do any friendship stuff nothing that exciting now, now that I, I was like really yeah, invested this was, like, in your the most story, and I thing forgot I had months. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what did I do that whole week? I, you know what? If I think of something, I will share it at the end. All right, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. So my, I, I brought the friendship this week, and and the friendship that I picked is actually kind of an extension of last week's, where we talked hmm. about Mariska Hargitay and Christopher Maloney. His, yeah. Uh, you brought up the when Harry met Sally argument, like men and women can't be friends, and we and we talked about why that is, and and you know, kind of exploring how these successful friendships, the platonic friendships between men and women, happen, and how we can get into more of those, and uh, and also make the ones that we have right now more richer and better and so the friendship i picked was actually one one given to me by one of my female friends and perfect yeah who who listens to the show mary check i've talked about her a few times 
And this is the friendship of Nick Cave and Kylie Minogue. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. They, they I are, didn't know they were friends. Oh, they're very tight. They're, they're really close. Uh, not just because they're both Australian. <laughs> but they... Uh, and uh, So, those of you who don't know, Nick Cave is like a post-punk singer. His, his songs are all kind of dark. They're generally, mm-hmm. uh, they cover stuff like uh, religion and death and love, uh, some stuff about America and a lot of violence. He has, he actually has an entire album that's like murder stories in song form. Wow. So if you're a murder podcast person and you want to listen to songs about murder and yeah. you don't <laughs> want to listen to Dolly Parton this time, you can listen to Nick Cave. <laughs> Dolly sings some great murder songs. You can go oh, back yeah. to our Dolly episode and hear about that. But uh, and there's a there's a Taylor Swift one from her last album now too. Oh, That's a yeah. very like Dolly Parton tradition. It's well, yeah, it's a big it's a big country music tradition of, of these murder mm-hmm. ballads and folk songs. And Nick Cave kind of he dances around all of these different genres, but they're always dark. You know, whatever he's doing, mm-hmm. it's dark. Sometimes he even does spoken word stuff he's he's very much into just dark imagery you know uh if, if you guys ever saw the movie scream the big song in scream is the song red right hand by nick cave and the bad seeds and it's got that big hmm. bell that funeral bell and he has this very low creepy voice it's really cool <laughs> now kylie minogue is basically the exact opposite of Nick Cave. Kylie Minogue <laughs> is unapologetic joy pop music. She she was compared a lot to Madonna very early on because she's a blonde pop singer who is around Madonna's mm. age, but that's mm. about where the comparisons end. Uh, <laughs> at least to me. I, I feel like yeah. she's she's a lot more in line with like a Carly Rae Jepsen than she is a Madonna. She mm-hmm. she I can totally see that. Yeah. Yeah, it's she's kind of like I, I would say it's just unapologetic joy and celebration of life. That's part of what's made her like a gay icon. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, we we talked about uh, Jerry Halliwell and the Spice Girls, Ginger Spice and how she mm-hmm. kind of embraced that. But Kylie Minogue was already doing that before. And uh, Guy- Kylie, you guys would know from her biggest song was "Can't Get You Out of My Head," but she was already, mm-hmm. a, you know, a pop star in the '80s in Australia. And then come the '90s, she she blew up even more. And in 2000, I think it was 2004 or 2005, she was diagnosed with cancer. And yeah, and she fought through breast cancer and came out on the other side and has has been back to touring and doing her thing again and she credits wow, a lot great. of that to her good friend nick cave so uh i guess i'll go into a little bit of their bios and then and then we'll get into yeah. like how they met and whatever um yeah so uh, nick cave he was born in 1957 He's uh, 63 years old, and he was born in Victoria, Australia. And uh, Mm -hmm. 
he came up all in in, in this uh, post-punk movement of the 70s into the early 80s. When you think of post-punk, you can think of like uh, Talking Heads, The Police, um, even U2 a little bit in the early days were kind of considered post-punk. Hmm. But um, all of these different post-punk bands are very different sounds. You know, like Nick Cave does not yeah. sound anything like the police. But no, but uh, that was kind of the odd thing of post-punk, that new wave early era. So he, he was in this band called Birthday Party. Then he was in this band called Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, which had a bunch of people from his band, the Birthday Party. And uh, <laughs> and he j- just grew and grew in this this kind of alternative indie following of people who enjoyed dark music that wasn't necessarily something you could dance to. It was more like a dark folk gospel. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to describe besides saying dark over and over again. But I cannot yeah. emphasize enough how dark this man is <laughs> in his music. Maybe we can put some some song links in the uh, show notes. Yeah. Oh, oh, definitely. So, in about 1990, I believe. Yeah, 1989-90, Nick Cave started to become aware of Kylie Minogue. And Kylie Minogue was born in uh, Melbourne, Australia in uh 1968 so she's about nine years his junior and Mm -hmm. he was just so fascinated with this beautiful young australian and her her bubblegum pop and her positive presence that he says he became a little obsessed with her (laughs) okay and i I think Uh, i'm sure like kylie minogue's parents wouldn't love hearing the guy whose music is only described as dark 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 also say he was obsessed with their daughter yeah i mean that's what that's how he describes it he said i became a little bit obsessed with her and i i started just trying to write songs for her and (laughs) i i never could find the right one just nothing felt right until i got to the the song where the wild roses grow and Nick Cave was friends with Kylie Minogue's boyfriend at the time, Michael Hutchins. And you know Michael Hutchins because he was the lead singer of In Excess. And uh, 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 Michael Hutchins great. died, I think, in 97 or 96. So, mm-hmm. um, so unfortunately, he, he's not with us anymore. But Michael Hutchins was contacted by Nick Cave, who said, Hey, I'm, I've had this minor obsession with your your girlfriend about and i just want to have her on one of my songs i i recorded this song he he got another female artist to record kylie's part and kind of sing it Mm -hmm. as best as she could to to kind of show kylie what this song would kind of sound like and how he really thought of her for this and michael hutchins told kylie about it and she had no idea who Nick Cave was. <laughs> and she was like, nice. oh, this sounds like my mom saying, like, oh, you should go sing with this cute boy in town. <laughs> yeah. And so she was like, yeah, sure, whatever. And so Michael Hutchins took her over to Nick Cave's studio, and they all met. And uh, and they, they had tea, 
you know. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and, like you do. Yeah, and she did. She did study a little bit right before they met. So she sped read like a biography of him to understand him a little bit, and she said there was some very interesting stuff in there. But she did. Yeah. She did just. Uh, she wanted to keep an open mind, and she could tell that he put in so much thought into this song for her and why she was right to be on this song with him that she was willing to give it a try and the reason why i keep emphasizing you know what how weird this is and like her stepping over to do a song with nick cave is that when you hear his music nick cave would never do a pop song you know with kylie minogue so for kylie to be able to go over to his genre and sing with him on on where the wild roses grow oh my gosh it's it's just one of the most beautiful sad intimate songs this song is about a murderer who is singing to his victim and the victim sings back and they they and they sing uh this beautiful song and it and it ends with you know her being murdered damn yeah it is so it is so so crazy like the lyrics of the song this is my friend nick he's obsessed with you and he wants you to sing this song where he murders you yes <laughs> what do you think honey <laughs> but it... oh but he has really great tea <laughs> Really, I, this is so dark. And like when you re, when you listen to the lyric, when you listen to the song, you read the lyrics. You're like, oh my god, I can't believe this is can't get you out of my head, Kylie Minogue. <laughs> but but it is such a beautiful song. And when you see them sing together, you can see just the most tremendous love and respect between these two people. And you can feel them kind of acting out the song even though they're not you know pretending to murder one another you can just see that there's great care between the two of them and that there is this kind of instant chemistry that we talked about with Hargitay and Maloney that occurred between Nick Cave and Kylie Minogue and it's yeah it's just something amazing to behold and a lot of people didn't really take Kylie Minogue very seriously. They they really labeled her as like this Madonna ripoff. But after she did this song, Wild Rose with Nick Cave, everybody was like, oh my goodness. This woman, there is a lot more depth to this person than we thought. And we mm. underestimated her. And for, for someone to remain a pop star especially a female pop star for as long as Kylie Minogue has because as we know by watching the Britney Spears documentary and so many other things the the music industry just eats up these girls and spits them out and Kylie Minogue credits her friendship with Nick Cave as kind of helping her navigate these waters as, as they grow old together hmm that's fascinating. And it, I feel like a lot of these, um, like, celebrity friendships, there is a component of navigating fame. I, I remember Matthew McConaughey and Guy Fieri had an element of that. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and also uh, Pink and uh, Carrie Kenny Silver. Yeah. And it's it probably helps keep you 
more grounded just to have anyone that's been through it. Yeah, and it's 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 so weird, and it's weird when you take a risk like this to step completely outside of your genre, and uh, and Kylie just I don't know. There's something she saw in Nick Cave that made her want to step out of this, and Nick just. I don't know. He just really believed in her, and he, I, I think he genuinely loves her. And I, I'm not sure if it's a romantic love. There, there were reports saying that that uh, they had some sort of romance, but mm-hmm. Kylie Minogue has very, like... very public relationships throughout her career. Uh, there's like multiple magazine and website articles listing all of the. The people Kylie Minogue dated, from Lenny Kravitz to Jean Claude Van Damme, and this Michael wow. Hutchins. Well, she was in Street Fighter with Jean Claude. <laughs> Wait, who did she? Who is she in Street Fighter? She's Cammy. Oh, really? Yeah, that was Kylie I didn't Minogue. Know that. That's hilarious. Yeah. Wow. So. Wow. Yeah, and <laughs> she she was with a lot of different guys, and so for and. She was very public with these guys, you know, they should go out, get photographed and whatever, to the point where people would kind of criticize her for dating around. You know, but what the hell is she, mm-hmm. is she supposed to do? I don't know. Yeah. So, Just living her life. Yeah. But I, I feel like in that same way that they, you know, they're the, they're the people who are like thirsty for all these photos. And then like the next week they're like, oh, how could she date around? Like you're the assholes who are camping outside, you know, the restaurant where she was on a date. Um, it's that same impulse is why, you know, they see her with her friend and then they're just like, well, they, they probably hooked up at some point. They must have. God forbid two people just enjoy each other's company. Yeah. And I, I it, at, at the very least, it seems like that's the truth with them. And mm-hmm. God, if they did hook up, who gives a shit? You know, clearly yeah. it's just because people have sex with one another that doesn't mean they can't be friends at some point in life and yeah you know i don't know it's it's just so amazing to me these rules that people set and i i feel like when you set up these boundaries and rules and you you are so hard and fast with them you're gonna miss out on some really great things Mm -hmm. and although yeah like they didn't they weren't staying super close all the time from 1996 to 2005 when she got breast cancer they stayed in touch and they were friends and everyone and they clearly mm-hmm. love doing this song together there's something very special about where the wild roses grow that both of them go out of their way to appear on one another's live shows to sing that song together Oh, that's fun. And although this song... And what a good excuse to just hang out. Yeah, you know? exactly. We're, like, this song is, although nothing like anything Kylie Minogue has sang since or before, it's on all three of her Greatest Hits albums. Wow. And so, that like... something. Yeah, so, like... Also, the fact that she has three Greatest Hits albums is really impressive. Hey, man, when you've been around for, for 30, 40 years... You get to do yeah. that. She's yeah, and it, and it's wild for us in America because I know for you and me, we probably didn't really experience her until "Can't Get You Out of My Head" because yeah. where the wild roses grow, although it was popping in 1996, 
we were 11 and <laughs> Nick Cave actually took himself out of the running for best male artist for the MTV Video Music Awards that year because he was nominated for this for this song for uh, this where the wild roses grow and and the the record that it came from hmm. he took himself out of the running because he did not want to be compared to other artists and felt that art is not competitive and he also did not want to be labeled a one-hit wonder because he felt that he mm. had a very rich career before this song and he's had a very rich career after this song but only when this uh, album came out was he really getting huge commercial success yeah i feel like that happens a lot with artists especially especially in this case where they're sort of collaborating with someone who's much closer to like the pop identity of the time mm. that you suddenly hit you you can land in this crossover space where no matter how amazing of a dark post-punk musician you might be, you're never going to hit this broad of an audience. Mm-hmm. And so it cha- it sort of like changes the scope of how everyone feels about you and your work, and all of a sudden that becomes like a measuring stick. Whereas in reality, what you're actually doing the other 99% of the time is creating music for a much smaller pool of people. Yeah. And the- one of the things that I just love about it, though, is that at least he keeps showing up. <laughs> at least they keep oh, yeah. doing these live shows. It's, you know, yeah. there's. It's clear that you know he does have the limits of like, all right, well, I'm not gonna do this MTV thing. This isn't really my scene. I don't want to be in this scene. They don't really want me. It's okay, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and. Uh, he, you know, at least he's stayed in her life somehow. Now, they haven't done a whole lot of interviews talking about one another, but Kylie Minogue has said on stage, uh, especially in her return, so she was supposed to be one of the headliners of the Glattensbury Music Festival right before her breast can- or right after her breast cancer diagnosis. So <sighs> she she had to pull out. And the Glattensbury Music Festival is like one of the biggest music festivals in the world and yeah. and so especially for somebody who isn't an american this is a big goal this is a big yeah. get and for well, her and, to have to and because out. she'd already had a career she i remember that she was like a little bit older i mean older in the pop star sense she, you know what, what was in her mid to late 30s then she, she was, was 37 oh maybe she was 37 yeah so like, uh, I mean, she's but, twenty years older than Britney Spears when, <laughs> when Baby One More Time was out. You know, you're like, yeah. And so, but to have that level of success, you know, when you're past the point where you could be marketed in the way that like the Britney Spearses of the world are, I think is really impressive. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's just it's awesome. So anyway, uh, about. I think 10 years later, she finally got to headline Glattensbury. Uh, and Nick Cave joined her on stage. And uh-huh. she, she said... That's great. She, she talked about her, her journey and how Nick 
has been her rock and has been that friend for her throughout all of these years. And I I don't know. I I I enjoy my dark friends. <laughs> I I I I really like those types of people that are are into mm-hmm. Uh, the morbid and the odd uh, kind of like Mr. Cave <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh and I feel that even though you know he's such an odd dude there's a lot of ways where he's a better listener and more in touch with feelings than a lot of people who may be a little bit more positive would be, <laughs> you know? Sure. Yeah. And, and especially when you're struggling with stuff, you know, there are definitely times where a, a darker perspective on the world might be kind of a downer, but there are also times where it fits the realism what you're, of what you're going through. Yeah. And it's kind of like grating to hear someone who's just like, you know, just think positive. And you're like, I can't right now. I would prefer to talk to someone who is going to meet me on my level instead of like telling me to be something else. Yeah. That's that's really all I got. I got to I got to tell you guys, check out Where the Wild Roses Grow, the duet between these two. See if you can find I, I mean I'm going to post on on uh our website and in the show notes the a link to the two of them performing it live and you can see how they are live and you'll be like, "Oh man. Wow. This is this is special. This isn't just two singers singing. This is we're seeing something special here. That's awesome. And I love, Thank uh, you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Let me tell you the the last verse of the song here, and you'll get an idea of what how, what this is like. <laughs> and this is Nick Cave singing this, and he says, "On the last day, I took her where the wild roses grow. She lay on the bank, the wind light as a thief, and I kissed her goodbye." said all beauty must die and i knelt down and planted a rose between her teeth <laughs> that's haunting oh yeah it's so haunting all of his stuff is so spooky it's you know if you want to listen to some spooky music throw on some nick cave it's pretty great yeah and if you want to feel slightly happier after that throw on some kylie minogue yeah <laughs> Yeah. So, did did anything friendship wise come up for you? Did you did you remember anything? I I mean I don't know. I think it's interesting that they, you know, that whatever his initial um, obsession, attraction, interest, or whatever in her, he didn't have. You know, I feel like there's a lot of people who, and maybe this is a thing. If we can find other. Um, you know, friendships that could have been romances, whatever the genders of the people are. I wonder that oftentimes people feel a chemistry between them and just we're so trained and, and you know, for whatever societal, cultural, biological factors, it's so easy to just presume that that means a romantic connection. And maybe sometimes it does, but but maybe just as often it could be a friendship and, and and like when you think about how often romances end with people saying things, whether they mean it or not, like, um, I think we're better as friends or like, let's just be friends. There was obviously something that drew them together. And and maybe it wasn't, you know, physical. 
And I think that it's just so much, we're sort of culturally so uh, tuned in to just presume that we're always on the hunt for romance or like physical connection. And, and maybe we're sort of overshooting that a little bit. And there are plenty of times where just a, something else is actually like the perfect thing to share yeah i think i think even if nick's intentions were weird at first and i know i'm just hanging this prejudice on there because we don't know he might yeah. have been totally um you know but feels like it totally yeah he been. totally sounds freaking weird so like but and i think that's fair but even if he was weird i i think no matter what he always saw kylie's humanity and I think as long as mm-hmm. you are striving to see the other person's humanity, it will stop you from doing something terrible or weird. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and if his weirdness, even if he, you know, had a thing for her at first, either he didn't act on that or she was clear about what she wanted. And then he was fine with that. Exactly. And that's great, too. You know? Sometimes, like, you're just not both on the same page initially, or you're not on the same page about everything, but that doesn't mean you have to lose the stuff that you are on the same page about. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then you get a friend for 30 years that will be there for you when you're in, when you're in the worst spot of your life, you know? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's part of the, the beauty of it all, is like, man, I gotta tell you, I'd rather have a friend that's there for me when I'm going through cancer than have somebody that, you know, we have a romance for a couple months. Yeah. yeah. Or in, in Nick's case, the friend that helped make his, one of his most popular songs. Yeah. And and, and her, and her most popular songs too. New, in, opening him up to an entirely new audience. You know, all, yeah. all these people that that wouldn't necessarily look towards that they're like, oh, wow, this guy's pretty cool. She kind of, like, softened his rough edges a little bit just for, even if it's just for one song where he murders her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, well, oh, that's man. all I got for this week. If you guys awesome. have any thoughts or, or things that you want to share uh, about this topic or any of the stuff from the past, please reach out to us on social media on twitter we're at my fave friendship from uh character limits and uh at my favorite friendship on all other platforms mark's at mark musinski i'm at brian wool both are spelled the way they sound uh i'm trying to think is there anything else man just uh have a great week all right have a great week everybody bye bye